Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to the Own Sports Podcast. Tuesday, December 20th, 2016. Week 15 of the NFL season just concluded last night. Got uh, week 16 Christmas week coming up here. And uh, looks like Rob's coming back from uh, Nevada to the, the great state of Minnesota for a little uh, wintry season here. So I you know, got into town last night, but uh, unfortunately I'm not back in town yet. So this isn't uh, an in-person pod, but... Uh, Maybe we'll have one, uh, we should have our next, first one next week here, Rob. Week 17, first in-person pod. What the, what do you think about that? Yeah, it'd be kind of strange. Something I have to get used to. I have to figure out all the tech, tech side of it to see how we can get it all together, but I'm sure we can get that figured out. But yeah, back in uh, Minnesota, I was supposed to come back last week, like I mentioned in the pod. Uh, had a little, some flight issues and some bad weather last weekend, especially Friday, Saturday, and even a little bit Sunday there if you, uh, we're in the metro area, but so I moved my flight to Monday and got in late Monday night and uh, settled in here, getting a tree ready and everything. So a little late here, but better uh, better late than never, as, as people would say. Yeah, so hopefully you don't uh, get too distracted there next week looking at uh, this pretty mug and you're able to bring the bring the information. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it should be a, should be a fun fun holiday deal here and happy happy holidays to everyone out there listening in the uh our own sports podcast realm uh you know why uh why beat around the bush anymore let's let's get uh, right uh, into the recap here the weekend recap so week 15 your thoughts there robert that was a pretty rough one it kind of seems like that's how the season's going like a week before i had a three and and then barely snuck out of that oakland game which Definitely wasn't one of my best, better bets, but I needed all the help I could get last weekend, so I did get a one and a half feet at home that I released late in the morning Sunday there when the it was three all week, and then it, and just like we talk about all week or almost every podcast I should say about the importance of the number, I you know didn't, didn't like a whole lot of three, uh, but I did lean Oakland and they had a lot of little sharp, uh, pretty sharp, pretty pretty heavy I guess on Sunday morning I saw quite a bit of movement. And, Went down to two and a half flat, and I, I haven't got it at two myself, but I released that two and a half at a unit and a half play, and uh, sure enough, the Oakland wins 19 to 16 you know, by three, so should be able to either push or win depending on what side you bet that game, and you know, sure enough, I did have it at two and a half and, and got the best of the number, so that was good to see. But like I said, needed all the help I get. I had my big play with Detroit and here on them as well, and watched it every every second of that game, and just really frustrating. They uh, Get into that a little bit more, I guess, when we get to Detroit. But really felt like uh, I didn't. The one thing I punched myself a little bit about, uh, I told you this on the phone, but I didn't mention about the, the Stafford's hand. Uh, I wish I would have mentioned that, but fortunately I didn't. 
uh, he had some with his fingers, so but he really didn't look like he had any problem with that. So he was throwing the ball just fine, and they just uh, they, they couldn't get there. They had a fumble when they were going in to score, and, and uh, they fumbled and the touchback for the Giants. So uh, that was that was a big big uh, turn of events. And then also at the end there, he threw an interception, another one in the end zone. So a lot of chances to get the cover. The perfect one there. They lost uh, 17 to six, and you got a touchdown plus four and a half would have covered and closed at three and a half or four. So, again, important to the number, even though it didn't actually matter. But And also at Houston, which they won the game, but didn't cover. So, just uh, a little bit of a frustrating. Yeah, I I just had two plays out there. Like you said, I was on that Detroit side, which is aggravating not to quite get there. But then I also released Tennessee a little bit later in the week, uh, right before the number was uh, bet down there a little bit. And... Uh, you know, I was, they ended up winning the game outright, and um, you know, I don't necessarily think it was, even though I was getting five and a half and they won the game outright, is, you know, I think a right side, but it wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily my strongest bet either. But at least that one got there, and and Detroit didn't quite get there, so I felt like it was fairly justified as a a split week there, and um, then got my my pick of the week home with that teaser again, so. That's, uh, I think, like seven picks of the week in a row there for me, so I'm happy to keep riding that streak, and hopefully we can keep her going again this week. Yeah, definitely. So let's uh, jump right into it. It's kind of a, a wonky week here. Um, you know, Thursday, typical Thursday game, and then a majority of the games are on Saturday, and then it looks like there's three on Sunday, or two on Sunday, and then one on Monday. So what's that, four uh, three out of four days there of, uh, or no, four out of five days of, of NFL football. So kind of, kind of weird from a scheduling standpoint, but, uh, should be pretty entertaining and, and hopefully spread them out so you can still get a decent amount of family time in if, uh, there's a game or two, um, isolated game that doesn't quite catch your liking. You can go ahead and skip that and pick up a couple brownie points with, uh, with the wife or the, the kids or what have you. So the first game up we got here on on Thursday is uh, the Giants at Philadelphia. I guessed the Giants minus three on this one. What'd you have? Yeah, my guess was the Giants minus two and a half. My power rating was the Giants minus three, wherever you had it. And um, for the opener at the Westgate, they had the Giants minus three, and that was also the look at as well. Actually, no, they had it three and a half actually. So, oh, uh, this game. Uh, Giants look pretty impressive. I think a lot of people can see that, especially having some some bigger uh, bigger games here. They had their prime time against Dallas and what have you. So I, you know, it's tough to, to get the Giants here when you know that they're going to be paying top dollar for them. The market market high on them, everything, and you know, rightfully so. With their defense is playing as well as they are, their offense has been pretty <laughs> pretty pretty much uh, Odell Beckham is pretty much all they got, and uh, and you have Eli that. He actually looked halfway decent against you know, last week. I was obviously against him in Detroit, but he made some pretty decent throws. He just didn't make many mistakes, but didn't play outstanding by any means. But it's just, uh, you know, this is a tough, a tough price to lay with three points where it's sitting at now, actually at two and a half now. But it's, uh, and I kind of can see the move two and a half with heavy juice uh, towards the Giants and or three. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's just a tough right where, right where I have it here and. I don't even know where I'd lean. I guess I'd probably take lean Philly, but I really just don't like backing teams like that that are playing for nothing. And, and, and I mean, but it is a division game, so that's what I keep in mind. So that's why I would lean uh, Philly, but especially you know, see if it gets at three. But I don't know if we'll get back up there in a flat three or not. So I'll come something to kind of monitor throughout the week. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's just looking at there's line moves down a little bit, not a ton, but um, so there's been a little bit of sharp money on Philly to start the week out, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, so there's, you know, I think the sharps, not, not the strongest of opinions, but there's been a little bit of opinion here early on Philly. So, you know, you know, the, the uh, public's going to be all over the giants here. Uh, like you said, they've looked pretty impressive here. They're 10 and four, um, outside shot of the division, uh, with against Dallas. So, uh, you know that uh, after a few impressive weeks in a row, uh, the the public's definitely going to favor the Giants here, laying under a field goal on the road. So I think there's a chance it might get back up because right now it's just kind of teetering at uh, you know, minus two and a half, minus twenty, or or three with juice to towards Philly. So I think just a little bit of money here could get it back up. So it'll be interesting to see if the public does come in as heavy as I think on the Giants, if the Sharps keep buying back that three to get, kind of keep it bouncing back and forth or if the line settles out one way or another. Uh, I don't really have a strong opinion on this game. The, uh, the Giants' defense continues to impress, obviously. Um, they, I mean, they only scored 17 points last week. I would have felt pretty good about that uh, Detroit in our pocket last week, but uh, as you know, getting four and a half when they can only score 17, but a uh, really impressive job, obviously, by the, the Giants' defense. So, um, I mean, Wentz has looked, hasn't looked too spectacular here for a while. So that's be a little worrisome with him against the Giants' defense. But, uh, I don't think you're really getting the, the Giants too cheaply here, laying basically two and a half with Juice or, or three on the road either on a short week. So, um, yeah, I just don't really, uh, don't really feel like I'll be involved in this game. Don't really like feel confident by either side at the, the current market price. So I think that's about all I got to say on that game. Let's just head to the Saturday games here. Uh, Christmas Eve games. Uh, first one looks like we got is Washington at Chicago. On this one, I had Washington minus three and a half. What did you have? This one, I had Washington minus two and a half as my guess. My power rating was Washington minus three. Opener, I don't look at it well, as well as Washington minus three and a half, actually. And that, uh, keep in mind, that was before the Monday night game against uh, the Monday night game. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, Carolina? Yeah, against Carolina. But, um, sorry, a little discombobulated here after the, in a little different uh, studio here at home. So, kind of get, get everything together. But, yeah, a little bit, uh, um, Went a little bit down after that game. I think I don't think there was much money against them. I think it was more just reopen uh, and a little bit of money, but I think it's a little bit half and half. It wasn't just uh, a lot of money. You know, they obviously looked pretty. Didn't catch the whole game because I was on the plane, but uh, just losing like that outright is not uh, not very good. And it's very likely going to go go down in a game like that when very a lot of things have to happen now in order to make the the playoffs or a few different things have to happen. I should say. So Washington's not in, the, not in a good spot. They definitely would have been a huge win there for them to get that one. And they, I think they could have controlled their own destiny. But see that right now sitting um, at three uh, with Washington with, with heavy juice, a little bit of juice too. So I I would think some more money's gonna come out of Chicago though. I would I would assume. I I think a flat three is probably where this game's gonna be. I mean Chicago's been pretty feisty. So Barkley's been looking pretty good. He's been you know, gunslinging gunslinging on the field. He does make some mistakes, but. 
even last week they were down, what was it, two touchdowns or something like that going into the fourth quarter against a Green Bay team. They kind of just did a little Andy Reid style and sat on the lead, and Barkley and the Bears came back and almost you know, could have won the game there uh, outright. So that was uh, decently impressive, I think, uh, a decently impressive loss, which is you know, not used to hearing, but I think that's what the case was with that one there, that big of underdog. So this, uh, I don't know if I really want to keep riding the Chicago train if they keep uh, covering like that. I think I rode, I was on them a couple weeks ago, but uh, you know, this is a Chicago pass for me just to have a price for, to play with Washington uh, at this point right now. Yeah, I think uh, to your point, um, with the uh, the Bears being pretty feisty here, um, I've been a pretty big supporter of the Bears for a while now, ever since Barkley came in the first week, I said, you know, I don't know what to make of them. I'd probably, you know, try to fade them um, just because usually the new quarterbacks coming in tend to struggle, at least for a while, uh, for sure. But um, he's been pretty impressive, I think. They had that game where they could have very easily beat Tennessee his first game out, and his receivers just dropped a couple touchdowns, and then they beat the Niners and covered for me there where they won by 20. And then they were frisky against the Lions, only lost by three last week, in which they easily could have won, or two weeks ago, I mean. And then last week, obviously, we um, came down to the wire there and lost in the last seconds to the Packers. So since Barkley's been in here, um, really hasn't done a whole lot wrong. I've been pretty impressed. Um, I think the only problem is, is Washington coming off that seven-point favorite Six and a half point favorite game last night on primetime TV, in which the public was all over them, and most people were expecting them to, at the very least, win the game if not cover and come out with a good performance when the their playoff hopes are on the line here. Uh, I think people are going to be buying or selling Washington, and a little hesitant to back them again. And on the flip side, I think people are finally starting to realize the the Bears are as frisky as they are after um, a decently high profile game against the Packers last week. So. Um, I would. This is a game where a couple weeks ago I would have loved to have backed Chicago, and I think he would have got at least three or three and a half taking the Bears here. But um, due to the last couple weeks, and especially that game last night, in which the Redskins just really didn't look too impressive. Uh, their Deshaun Jackson had that one super nice catch on the sidelines, and um, Cousins had the one fumble right next to the goal line, and Carolina just pretty much dominated that game. You know, uh, I tweeted last night that Washington was kicking field goals down 14 in the fourth quarter. It just doesn't feel like the the way to go to me if you're trying to actually win the ball game when you're down two full touchdowns to be kicking field goals in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, that's just me. I'd, I'd rather take a shot, especially with uh, a Washington team when the, I don't think the defense has really been their strength the whole year. And Cousins has been – a little bit up and down, but for the most part, pretty impressive and made able to move the ball at a pretty good clip. Um, I, I take my chances all day long on fourth and fourth down as opposed to trying to kick two field goals and then score a touchdown and go for two, go that route, because it just doesn't, in a, in a quarter of football, you don't get a whole lot of possessions to the point where you're going to have a bunch of chances to score, especially when Cam was moving the ball pretty successfully in your defense. So um, I just think the, the, the number here has moved down pretty much to where it should be, and um, I guess I would um, lean Chicago. But, uh, you know, I, I guess well, I guess no, it still is three with uh, Juice to to Washington, huh? So I guess, yeah, I would lean Chicago here, but I don't know if I fully trust them and what's, 
you know, not quite a pick 'em game, but a game where you have to trust that they can basically win the game in order to to cover. Uh, I lean Chicago, but I don't don't fully, uh, not fully in love with it. The fact that Washington's playoff hopes are still alive, um, and you don't know what total effort you're going to get out of Chicago. There might be a little bit of a letdown after a Green Bay game. I know a lot of people are making the case that that was their Super Bowl basically last week, trying to uh, screw over their hated, you know, hated rivals' playoff chances. Um, this might be a little bit of a letdown spot for Chicago, but it's also not a great spot for Washington. But uh, I don't know. I'll probably stay away from this game, but I'd, I'd lean Chicago. Next game we got up here is Miami at Buffalo. In this one, I guessed Buffalo minus two and a half. What did you have here? And my guess is Buffalo minus three. My power rating had Buffalo minus two and a half. The opener had Buffalo minus three and a half. And the look at it was Buffalo minus three at the Westgate. And, yeah, it's kind of a little bit shocked, but I guess you probably were too a little bit. Those that high, three and a half. Now we're even seeing a few fours popping. Uh, those are the more square shots, I'd say. So, not me. As a, I guess it's even the four bookmakers. I should say that for 100% certainty. But, yeah, a little bit of surprise. I, I guess it's. I mean, it has to be more Fade Miami and, and, and Matt Moore, I would, I would assume, because you know, <laughs> lots of people are back in Buffalo after that Cleveland win, but I, I watched some of that game. You're not too. buying in? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, everyone would be, be doing that. So, yeah, I watched uh, you know, part of that game or most of that game, and it's just uh, Cleveland's just lifeless is what it comes down to. And, then, and uh, not even really lifeless, I guess, they just don't have the type of caliber players that other teams have. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it seems like a college team almost or something like that, so it's... It's, uh, and I think eventually it kind of leads to being lifeless, but it's, uh, I, I'm pretty low on Buffalo, I guess, and I don't really, you know, this is a game where just by base of my power ratings and everything else, this is, uh, and, and even Matt with Moore, I think he's very serviceable. I mean, I think Barkley and Moore might be the, the two higher backups in this league, I would think, the top five backups even. So, um, definitely not huge downgrades there, and, uh, yeah, Miami looked you know decent on Saturday night. They kind of a little, a little close there for the first half, and they just kind of let the doors open and and he looked halfway impressive on offense even. So this would be a game where I'd be definitely looking towards Miami. I just don't know if I want to get involved uh, totally yet. But I'm not really low. I'm a little bit lower on Miami too, so it's you know, a little tough. But it's, you know, definitely Miami or pass for me. But I'll also be looking at the total here, sitting at 41 and a half, 42. Uh, a few 42 and a half, but uh, I think that's got to be going up. And I haven't put a play on it yet, but I think I might move on this because this is, uh, I think Buffalo had a good defense early in the year, but they've been a little shaky. And even Cleveland, if they can, they mild success against them, and, and their, their offense is looking okay. And granted, it's against Cleveland, but even the last couple of weeks, they've been able to get a little bit going. Um, and, and Miami, I don't think, has a killer defense either. And, Matt you know, Moore keeps slinging the, the ball. That's so tough that I want uh, for a total, especially over, because uh, you know, if either he's going to be making mistakes and throwing interceptions, or he's going to be making long plays, and, and the, or they're going to be dropping and the clock stops. So, I mean, no matter which way you look at it, which angle, I think it's going to be you know, positive for the over. We're talking about a low total like this, that's so uh, a pretty wide open. So I, you know, I like this. The more I talk about it, more and more I like that total. And like I said, I think it's on its way up. So I think uh, it might be something to lock in here quick, pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point where there's some backups that come in and the you can tell the coach is just scared to have them in any kind of a vulnerable position and just afraid he's going to make a bunch of mistakes. Uh, I don't think they're going to treat Matt Moore with, with kick gloves like that at all. 
So I think, like just like you said, either it'll be making plays and putting up points for the offense or, you know, maybe throwing some turnovers and giving some points for the other team. So either way, that's good for the over. I was going to say real uh, quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, yep. but one no thing I, I may have made something in my notes I forgot to do look at when I was talking there. And I, I knew there was something because it seemed a little off because I liked it right away at first, too, when I was going through my numbers on Sunday. Uh, but the, the, the one reason why this is so low is because of the wind. And it's sitting really really high wind speed to you know, 15 miles an hour or so uh, in, in Buffalo, and obviously outdoor stadium. So that's uh, that's probably why the lower totals, so that might be something to keep me off the game. But, that, you know, that's something to kind of monitor the, the, the weather forecast going forward. So Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's, um, I'd say, a quarterback like Taylor for Buffalo would be a quarterback that would get impacted a lot by the wind because he's not the – not that he has a bad arm, but it just seems kind of like a, you know, just he throws a lot of you know deep balls and just strange plays that he's not you know a t- Tom Brady with pinpoint accuracy where he's going to be picking people apart. Um, so I think a, a win could affect that game more than than some games if it is really windy. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, from a side perspective, I like Miami quite a bit, as my my guess would suggest. I'm not really sure. I, I know I've never, I don't, I haven't been really impressed by Miami, even when they were winning, what was it, six games in a row or whatever? It was a completely fraudulent win streak. You know, they're beating the likes of the Rams and the Niners and the Jets and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, they've also been fairly, you know, fairly consistent and, and, uh, just really solid overall. Um, you know, they beat the Bills at home. Uh, whatever, eight weeks ago by three, and I don't think anything's changed too dramatically for either either team, uh, where that would be a very misleading uh, score. I just don't I don't think either of these teams are that great. I don't think either of them are that bad. So the fact that you're getting more than three just seems completely unwarranted to me, and I think uh, it is just basically due to Matt Moore. And yeah, I, I don't think Tannehill's that good. So the fact that he's out... Um, Basically, the only reason I downgrade him a whole lot is due to having a bad backup coming in. But I think Matt Moore is one of the better backups, so I don't really think uh, the the Matt Moore downgrade uh, is even a downgrade. So I think the market's uh, overreacting to that injury, whether it's a half point or a full point or a point and a half, whatever the overreaction is. I'll, I'll take that, and I like Miami quite a bit in this one. I mean, here look at uh, stop me, um, Buffalo's. They're seven and seven right now. Stop me when you get to an impressive win. I'll, I'll read it in reverse chronological order of their wins here. You got the Browns. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, inspired, inspired Brown squad. Okay. The, the Jaguars, the Bengals, I, I guess, maybe the Niners, the Rams, the Patriots led by Jacoby Brissett and the Cardinals. Well, I guess maybe the Cardinals at home. But, I mean, that's pretty horrible. And then, you know, I mean, then they've lost to the Ravens and the Jets and the Dolphins. And, uh, I mean, there's just overall they've lost. And then they've lost, of course, any good team they played. But there's just – I've had a, I don't think anything about this Buffalo team shouts above average. And I don't think Miami's below average. And I don't think there's any other circumstances why this game should be this high. So I'll just leave it at that. But I – I'll, uh, I personally bet Miami at four, plus four, and there's still some fours out there, but it's um, not totally 
Uh, I don't think I'd feel good necessarily releasing that because it's not super widely available. So I'm going to see if fours do uh, pop up here later in the week that I'll feel good about releasing it. But you can get a four now, take it at four, or else if it doesn't move in that direction, I'll probably end up releasing it at three and a half later in the week. Next game we got up is Atlanta at Carolina. I had Atlanta minus three is my guess on this one. What did you have? Did you skip the tab in game or? Yeah, well, it got changed to a later game, so I figured oh, we'd come back to that, that. Okay. as part of the late games. What did that have? I didn't even know that. I think when I was going through my numbers, I wasn't flexed yet. But. Oh, okay. That's weird. Okay. Um, yeah, so what was your guess, sir? No problem. I had Atlanta minus three is my guess. Okay, yeah, I had Atlanta minus five and a half. My power rating was Atlanta minus four. And the opener at Westgate had Atlanta minus three and a half. And the look at it was Atlanta minus two and a half. So, kind of all over the place here. And, yeah. Carolina money, or I don't know if it's money or just got adjusted. I, I got, that was before the, the night game as well. Uh, this line, I was just uh, what Westgate put up right before the game, or the, on Sunday before the Monday night game. But they reopened Endor. I'm not sure what it came from, but right now it's in that two and a half. And uh, you can see a two somewhere. So, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> just judging about my power range and everything else, that's obviously, uh, you can tell where I feel here. I only like Atlanta on this road. I don't like betting road chalk like this, but I think Atlanta's a superior team, and I, I get it's a division game and stuff, but kind of like that Oakland game last week. It's kind of a, really similar to that, if you ask me. It's uh, good two decent teams that are used to being in playoffs in Carolina and San Diego. Uh, good quarterbacks and what have you, but they, they, these year, this year just hasn't panned out for either of them. Uh, San Diego had a lot of potential early. They just lost a lot of close games and kind of got down and, and kind of was rolling a little bit, but didn't do much. And, and Carolina, obviously, is a pretty... The story's kind of there. You can see that just from the blowout against Seattle and other things and, and the whole thing with Cam. So, like I said, kind of similar situation here. Atlanta and Oakland, they're both gunslinging teams, not the best uh, defenses, and, and it's now sitting at the same point range here. So, uh, you would think that this game, I don't know, I, I would think it gets back up to three, but maybe not. Uh, but I, I do like Atlanta here, and that's the side I would lean at, at, at two and a half. Yeah, I... I tend to agree. I don't feel super strongly because I don't know if I trust. The Falcons just aren't really a team that I trust late in the season. They haven't. Not that you judge teams necessarily on their uh, past season performances, but I don't know if I'm ready to totally trust Matt Ryan and and uh, the whole Falcon squad on the road. But at the same time, anything under three, I think, is is a bargain. Just the fact that the Panthers are coming off that. Huge Monday night win um, against the Redskins there, and then uh, I don't know. Just the, the Panthers—they've won a couple in a row now against the Chargers the week before. But um, I still am not sold that this Panthers team is really that good. And Atlanta's kind of been kind of coasting the last couple weeks here against blowout wins against the Niners and the Rams. So I think um, they've probably had this game not necessarily circled, but. Um, I think the last couple of weeks, even though they won very easily, uh, they probably weren't ex- expending a whole lot of like energy to win those games. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a mini buy. We'll a little preseason warm up here. You know, we'll go get a huge lead and and just kind of coast to victories, and then let's uh, take it to the Panthers, who won the division last year, and we're in the Super Bowl, and we're you know beat us up good. Let's get revenge on them now. Uh, this year, even they beat them earlier in the year at home, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to beat them again. 
and uh, not only that, it's it's pretty important for the playoffs. They're uh, a game up on Tampa now, but they don't want to be don't want to be slipping at all to potentially lose the division. So they should have a pretty good focus here. So I do think Atlanta's the better better team, and obviously it's reflected in them being road chalk. But when it's under a field goal, um, I don't. That's you know I, I don't love playing road chalk obviously, but I don't mind it when you can get them at minus two right now. And I'd be kind of surprised if the public doesn't bet this one back up a little bit at some point this week. Um, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to that game last night that people are maybe giving the Panthers a little bit more credit than they deserve at this point in the season. But uh, I also don't feel incredibly strongly about this. I don't know if I'll, I probably won't end up having a play on it, but we'll see as the week goes on. Next game up we got is Minnesota at Green Bay. I had Green Bay minus seven is my guess on this one. What'd you have? Yeah, I was a little bit higher. I had Green Bay minus eight and a half. My power rate has Green Bay minus seven and a half. The opener had Green Bay at six and a half at the Westgate, and the look at it was Green Bay minus five. So it's kind of a little, you know, threw me a little bit off guard in this game. It's right now sitting at six, six and a half, and there's a few sevens that opened up, but some sharper books too, so I thought that's where it was headed. So I even took a six and a half. Not because I like that side, but more just to take a position on the number like we talked about before. I'd take a six and a half and then move to seven or seven and a half closer to where I thought it was going to be. Then I could you know, buy Minnesota back and have a little middle middle window there. But um, not much against what I want to happen. It's, you know, like I said, six, six and a half. And I'm not really sure why um, that is because I, you know, I don't think people, people like Minnesota here, that it's not going to be a team that the public's going to be betting or it's going to be a hot commodity. So it's, Buy it at six and a half. It just doesn't make much sense from a professional handicap perspective. So, yeah, I feel like Minnesota is the game where you sit here and wait until it gets a seven or maybe even a little bit higher than that. And then you buy it and, and jump into the action. So, I would still think that it's got to get up to seven and money's got to come on Green Bay uh, later in the week we get. But, um, like I said, this, this work sitting now and the where it's moved, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless there's some, some injury or something I've, you know, missed out on. But I don't think that's the case. So, um, it's uh, like I said, I don't, I don't really like the Green Bay side. Green Bay side, I just think that's where the numbers moving. Um, from just from the, from the handicapping perspective, I, I at this number, it's uh, I think it's a really really easy stay away from me. Yeah, but, uh, I mean you're gonna have to. I mean, how many people are gonna be putting Green Bay in a teaser this week? Yeah, exactly. You tease them down to a half point or pick or basically whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like I'd, it's hard to imagine every teaser card in the the whole joint won't have them on it. After, I mean, I guess they they didn't look super impressive last week against Chicago, but they held on and they're uh, right in it. They're eight and six now and right in it for the division, and uh, you know definitely in it for the, the wild card potentially. So they're going to be really motivated. Minnesota couldn't have looked. I mean, they didn't even look like a professional team last week. It was about as embarrassing as you could possibly get. Just getting absolutely routed at home by the Colts. Um, uh, it just seems to me like the number is a little cheap. I, I don't know if I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bet it just because it is a division game and the Vikings, you, you would think would have a little bit of pride and would be, even though their playoffs are basically essentially over, uh, playoff chances, they're only like 2% or something like that. They need a bunch of crazy stuff to happen to make it, um, even though I don't think it'll necessarily be a dream crusher for them where they won't come out focused um, just based on the situation. I think uh, against Green Bay and wanted to, to sweep Green Bay this year and 
stick it to them and hurt their playoff chances. I think you should get a pretty good effort out of Minnesota with my asterisk being if they're capable of giving a good effort because I figured they'd be pretty fired up to play the Colts at home last week to try to help their playoff chances, but you could have had a possible worse effort. So um, I, th- I think you should get a decent one from them. And uh, this does seem a little cheap to me, obviously. I thought it sh- I thought seven might even be a little bit low. Um, but I also don't really have a whole lot of interest in stepping in and betting betting the Vikes just because I don't think usually they're a team that you know what to get from them. You know, good defense, pretty bad offense. They'll probably play low-scoring, tight games. But uh, a couple, there's been a couple times in the last few weeks where they've just put together pretty poor efforts. And uh, I just don't really fully trust them to, to jump in. But I also don't really feel like laying six and a half in this Packers team, if you would have said that a handful of weeks ago, that would have been, sounded ridiculous. So I don't think that's a great price really either. Uh, if I did get involved, I'd probably tease the Packers down, even though every square in the world is going to do it. I think that's uh, – there's a pretty good chance Green Bay wins this game. So. Well, this is a game too where, like I said, it's a seven. So you just, usually I'd be like, oh, I'll get the seven key number and you know, take that on a team that has a good defense. But the problem is, is if Green Bay starts running up the score like they are capable of doing, like we've seen the last handful of weeks on the run here, run up the score a little bit, and then you have the backdoor cover from Minnesota come behind. It's like their offense is just so incapable and you know just can't score it makes it so hard to go down the field and score it's like that backdoor cover it's just you know you talk about like a san diego type of team or even at carolina like they have a backdoor when they can you know produce some offense but minnesota is just so hard so i mean you basically have to hope they're in the game the whole time so i mean at that point i mean the points are i think a lot less relevant than a team like this the way they're playing in the last couple of weeks what, what are you talking about you had against the jays a couple of weeks ago that gunslinger bradford sealed the victory with a touchdown there late in the cover and then in the week before that against the Cowboys, down eight, three minutes left. Shirt arm yeah, Sammy. Brought him point. down and got that cover. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess that was supernatural and very uh, indicative of what's going to happen in the future. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree with that. If if they're down early, there's nothing from that offense that, at all that you could trust them to come back unless Green Bay totally gives up and they're just having a 20, 20 play drive down the field to score as time expires, even though they have no real shot at winning the game. But uh, I'd take my chances with Green Bay if that's the case. So, yeah, basically you said you have to hope it's a tightly contested game pretty much throughout. And I'm just I don't, I'm not ready to take the Vikings in that in that circumstance. But on the, on the flip side, if the Vikings do jump out, I'm fully confident that Rodgers has a pretty good uh, comeback shot in him. And even if at that point, if you know, if they happen to be down in the third quarter, I think I still feel pretty confident they'll come back and win the game. But I, if you're talking about covering the six and a half, um, you know, then I'm not quite as confident in it. So um, to me, it's easy to tease Green Bay or stay away from the game altogether, in my opinion. Next game up we got is New England at, or the Jets, New York Jets at New England Patriots. And on this one, I was a little low. I had New England minus 14. What did you have here? Yeah, me too. I had New England minus 13 and a half. My power rating, New England minus 11 and a half. Uh, the opener, New England minus 16 and a half. The look ahead was New England minus 14 and a half. And I'm just based on my power rating to tell you want to jam the Jets for a big play, but it's just more a, a game where, you know, a little bit of laziness too. I'm just not, I know I'm not going to bet, I'm not going to be laying this many points, and I don't want to take the Jets at all. I mean, it's just so many points. It's obviously Jets are passed, but it's, uh, 
and I think there's better bets to be made. I can provide money invested elsewhere in, in a chess team with Bryce Petty, so uh, easy staying away pass for me. Plus the numbers out of control. Yeah, I I agree. I I think obviously, I mean, not it's not a shocker. You're not making the boldest statement in the world, but the Patriots are the better team by far. But you're laying sixteen and a half with them. So, do I trust the Jets to not roll over and stay in the game? Because that seems like a super high number in a division battle here. Um, no, I don't. But do I also trust the Patriots when they've already clinched a buy and are basically can only flip flop the one and two seeds in the AFC? With the uh, Raiders, do I feel that I know they're going to be fully motivated where they're going to absolutely want to keep scoring when they're up 14 late? Uh, no, I don't do that either. So, yeah, I'd lean Jets at 16.5, lean Jets at 17 if it gets there, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Patriots win this one by 20-plus. So, uh, no, no real opinion on this game and not really going to waste much more time talking about it. So let's just move on to the next one. The next game up we got is Tennessee at Jacksonville. A sexy AFC South battle here. I had I had uh, Tennessee at minus five and a half is my guess. What'd you have? Yeah, I had Tennessee minus three and a half is my guess. Power power in Tennessee minus three. The Westgate opened Tennessee minus four and a half, and the look ahead was Tennessee minus three and a half, and uh, a little bit of early Tennessee money, which makes a little bit of sense. Uh, obviously, just hating the Jacksonville team. That's just been. And portals, which has just been, I almost came away with the win last week, but uh, I guess almost the week before against Minnesota even. So they've been kind of hanging around, as as Teddy KGB would say. But it, uh, yeah, not not a very, pretty, I don't know. I, even their stats have looked okay. I think that's why a lot of you know, sharps have been betting them and back them in recent weeks. But it's just it's just tough to back portals and and, and, and the supporting supporting cast. So. Obviously, Tennessee's a pretty sexy team right now, so I'm not, not really surprised they're taking money. Like, I, just by my numbers, it seems a little bit higher than I expected it to open at, but I mean, there's just a lot of points on the road like that for the type of team that they are. But, you know, whatever's, uh, whatever's in right now, and I guess Tennessee's definitely one of the teams that are in trying to make a late playoff run or a division uh, title even run. So, like I said, sitting four and a half, five uh, across the board, and I mean, <laughs> I really don't want any part of Jacksonville, but I mean, I'd, I'd take Jacksonville at the points before I would be playing Tennessee with a number like this. So that'd be my lead. very, very small lead if I had to. Yeah, there's just too many unknown variables in this one that I don't know how everything's going to react. You got a Tennessee team on the road that I don't trust their offense really, but you, the, I mean, the Jags team, who knows what you're going to get from them. Now they fired Bradley. And they're uh, coming back home after they just blew a game where they very easily could have beat Houston. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they came out super flat or if they're trying to make a statement against Bradley because they didn't like him and they come out super fired up. I, I I just don't really have a feel for it. So maybe if I get some inside information or you know hear some stuff as the week goes on, maybe that'll change my opinion. But as of right now, I I just don't think you really have any idea what to make of Jacksonville. And, yeah, the fact that Tennessee got a little early money is kind of surprising to me because even though I guess five and a half, um, I just, it's hard for me to imagine too many sharp people are going to look at this game and say, oh, Tennessee at four and a half, I better get in now. Because it's hard to imagine. I guess I don't think it's going to get a whole lot higher, even though I don't like Jacksonville either. But this is another contest. Most of these Jacksonville home games are contest of which team do I want to bet less. 
or you know which if i had to which team would i want to bet more and uh yeah i want no part of either of these teams um i guess maybe you could talk me into jacksonville if it gets up towards seven which it likely won't and hopefully they come out fired up and they haven't even though they haven't won like last week they obviously covered so even though they haven't been winning a ton of games at least they put together a couple games in a row where they've been fairly competitive, I guess, <laughs> if you want to give them that. So, um, yeah, likely won't be involved either Either way here. Let's just uh, move on. Next game up we got is San Diego at Cleveland. Speaking of games where it's a side of which side do we want to bet less, um, I guess San Diego minus five here. What did you have? I guess it's San Diego minus six. Montgomery with San Diego rebounded minus five. Westgate opened San Diego minus six and a half. And the look at it was San Diego minus four and a half. I'll keep this one really simple, uh, sitting at six pretty much across the board. A few five and a half popping for some, a little bit sharper, sharper books. So I won't be surprised if all some Cleveland money comes in. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> no. It's uh, as bad as it Every is. week? Yeah, every week. But, uh, I mean, it's got to come in towards Cleveland. I don't think someone's going to bet San Diego with this playing this many points. With the, they might be moving, and, you know, talks of them moving uh, to L.A. And uh, they just fit Rivers, I think, I heard somebody say that he has the most interceptions in the league, uh, which is kind of crazy, crazy stat, but he's just been a little bit off. And I'm not to say that I don't trust Rivers by any means, but I think it's more just the motivational. They just kind of, what's the point at this point? Uh, point at this point, point. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but... Cleveland obviously hungry for a win, but San Diego is going to try to, I would assume, to make it so they're not the ones that are the guinea pigs to give them their first win. So, I mean, it's kind of equaled each other out, but it's uh, just so many points and just inflated a little bit. So, it's either, you know, like I said, going to be staying here or Cleveland going to be coming in. So, uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to be betting. I've been pretty good at staying away from Cleveland this year, and I'm going to continue to do that. So, um, this is a game, even though I know it's inflated, if Cleveland does end up winning or covering, I'm not going to. Or, you know, be mad at myself or anything for it, but yeah, you know, it's Cleveland, so no, no big deal. I'll uh, give myself a pass. So, uh, and as a result, I'll just be passing on this game. I guess uh, the one thing I should say is the total I do kind of like. Um, it looks like I did get that up a little bit here at uh, 43 and a half, 44. And uh, I, I do kind of like the over a little bit, um, but, it's, but it is kind of hard, like I said, with unknown variables with, with Rivers and their motivation and everything else. Like in a normal, this was a couple weeks ago, I really, really like this total. I think uh, the Cleveland defense is pretty poor. San Diego's defense is pretty poor. Uh, a lot of injuries, and uh, San Diego has big plays. can score some points. Even Cleveland, RG3 has been really, really shaky, but they can, you know, either they're going to make mistakes or, or they're going to be doing something. So it's going to either help points, I think, either way. They're not going to just be conservative, ground and pound, because they, you know, they're trying to win and they need to be aggressive. So that's uh, good for the total. And like, this is a pretty low total here, 43 now, 44, sitting around that key number. So. I would uh, look towards the over here. Yeah, not to uh, put you on the spot here, but did you know, is there any um, movement late on that uh, Browns-Buffalo line last week? There was there any? Do you know if there's any sharp money that came in on Cleveland, or are you not sure? No, well, if, if anything, it was, it, I, I think it's probably just public money to push it up to like 10, 10 and a half, or maybe even to parlay and teaser money because – there wasn't any buyback on Cleveland much last week that I saw. Okay. So I think it pretty much closed at 10 or 10 and a half. And like I just said, it's not necessarily means that people are betting Buffalo because I know a lot of books had a lot of um, a lot of risk and a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of exposure. exposure. Yeah, exposure. Um, on, uh, on, on, on Buffalo 
uh, against Cleveland there. So they, they needed to, even if they're not getting straight bets on Buffalo, they're still going to raise that line just to try to get some Cleveland money to, to offset all those parlays and teasers. You know, everybody and their mother uh, that were, uh, and was, you know, public better is going to be putting that in there in one of their teasers or parlays, and that's uh, going to put a lot of explosion. Okay, so yeah, I was just. My just my main point was I was wondering if uh, you know the quote unquote sharps have finally stopped buying back on Cleveland even though the numbers definitely say you should be at at these huge inflated prices. Yeah, I think they might and, have taken a week sabbatical if I had to guess. Maybe they'll be right back at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, it's interesting if if they're not going to get bought back by by some sharp money, how crazy numbers can get with you know, pretty much anybody against them. Uh, you know, there's like the San Diego team. It seems like laying six points on the road with them right now is insanity. But then uh, you look at the flip side and like, you know, it's no one wants to put their hard-earned money down on Cleveland for the most part. And a lot of people that have <laughs> probably either gone broke or have uh, at least hurt their pocketbook quite a bit by doing it. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Again, I guess if I had to pick a side in a Cleveland game, I yet again would lean towards Cleveland, but uh, I don't think you're going to see me doing it just because, uh, like I said, it's been I don't know how many weeks in a row now since I haven't covered a game, even though basically every week we've, we've came on here and said, yeah, this number looks a little higher than than you'd expect, but they're just it's really a, it's a historic feat on their part. Um, I, I don't have enough top the top of my head, but I know when Detroit went 0-16, a handful of years ago. I don't remember them being this lousy against the spread, but that's something maybe I'll look up and uh, figure out what their spread record was for next podcast. And Cleveland, after they lose by 30 here to the, the uh, Chargers this week, will look, be looking to finish out their historic 0-16 season against the Steelers next week. And then I can uh, hit you with what that spread number was for the Lions, and we'll compare the two. Just out of my own curiosity. I don't think going to show up for this game. I think what they're going to be doing is rooting for Pittsburgh to win heavy so they don't hopefully Pittsburgh will rest their players and have a chance in Week 17. Yeah, they won't even be on the field for the second half. They'll all be in the locker room watching the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, that's, I don't think either of us have too strong of opinions on that. So let's go to – now is, that was the end of the early games, huh? So the first late game we do have is that moved one with Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I get New Orleans minus two and a half is my guess on this one. What did you have? Yeah, I don't know what I was doing here. I, uh, I had Tampa minus one as my guess. Uh, Kari has a pick. And uh, I'm a little shocked that it was that high. Uh, the, the Westgate opened New Orleans minus three and a half even. And uh, the lookout with New Orleans minus three. And, uh, some, quick, uh, some quick money came in on Tampa and uh, moved it down. To, and right now it's pretty much three even money for the most part. I think it would be the prevailing number. See one, two and a half with heavy juice, but it's uh, you know, I think I would think money got has got to keep coming on Tampa Bay. They've been a hot team here, kind of like Tennessee, almost. Uh, so I think similar, similar type of team, uh, not known to be very competitive years in 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 the years past, but this year they've kind of been been good and, and getting a roll a little bit. And new quarterbacks or younger quarterbacks, I should say. And, um, and obviously this would be a, a big play in Tampa, but. For, for me, according to my, my ratings, but I think that was not the best guess under our power rating from where I think it should be. But I mean, even then, I, I still think it should be a little, little bit lower than where it's at now. So I'd, I, I was going to jump in on Tampa at three and a half right away, but I unfortunately didn't get to do my numbers and everything um, until the, 
the the late game there on Sunday. So um, they, they took off the board every shot that I have. So and almost every shot does that during the middle of the game. So I couldn't get down three and a half. And of course, they reopened it back at about three, and then a little bit of money uh, on Tampa after that. So you know, I if I would done my work earlier and stuff, I could have got a three and a half and not you know swallow and take a three at minus one twenty. It's just you know something I'm not going to do, even though I still think it's a little. A little bit high, but not uh, not crazy. So uh, even at this number, I still lean to Tampa Bay with the points. But um, especially Norman Dutch as good as they looked last week uh, against Arizona, their offense, I should say, looked. But I uh, I don't know if that's going to continue here again. I mean, it very well could, but uh, still uh, pretty much a pick 'em range here for the team is what they're saying. I, I think Tampa Bay is a little bit better here, especially with what they got to play for in playoff hopes here. Yeah, it seems like there's been a decent amount of uh, Tampa Bay love fest here over the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously they lost to the Cowboys last week, but they ended up covering most numbers there, only losing by six. So, um, surprised they'd, I don't know if they just fell out of favor, um, a little bit, or if people, it seems like, you know, people have been a little bit high in New Orleans, I guess, for the most part, too. So maybe just when they put up 48, like they did last week against the Cardinals, uh, people just started to get excited about them again, or, you know, think like, oh, they, their offense is back, and unless they're back too, but I was kind of surprised this was a a full three here, or like you said, even a three and a half at one point. That just seems kind of kind of weird to me, especially when Tampa needs this for the playoffs really bad, really badly, and uh, and New Orleans is is out. It just seems kind of kind of strange that uh, there wouldn't be at least given a little bit of a bump for that, which I don't really understand. And I don't fully trust that Jameis or the Bucks team yet to the point where I'm extremely confident in them. But I also think at three or anything higher, uh, there's definitely a little bit of line value on Tampa. And that's, that's the way I look. I didn't, uh, I didn't jump in at all either uh, until now when I saw the same thing where it's Tampa plus three minus one twenty. Um, debating if I want to make a personal bet of that because I can't imagine this is going to go anywhere else but down. Uh, but I'm still kind of on the fence. I want to get involved there. I do hate paying that extra ten cents when you very easily could have a three or or even a three and a half at one point. So I might just uh, kick myself a little bit for missing that number and and uh, look for either some more opportunities this week or try to get that quicker in the future. But um, so I talk myself into Tampa at this price by the end of the week because I think that's uh, I think this is going to be a coin flip game. So anytime you can get the three or more, I think that's kind of the way to go. Next game up we got is Indianapolis at Oakland. I had Oakland minus four as my guess here. What did you have? Yeah, same here. Oakland minus four. My power is Oakland minus three and a half. Westgate Oakland Oakland minus four and a half. Over the come closer. And Oakland minus six is look at the Westgate. And, um, I, yeah, I don't really to play on this one. This is the first one on the board, I think, so far that I have to play out. And I, uh, like, I like Oakland, uh, sorry, I like Indy here against Oakland. <laughs> um, I released it, I, released, I think I got it at four and a half. I don't know what I released it. I'm checking right now, but right now the market's in that three and a half or still some four. So I did release that four. So, yeah, like I said, three and a half four is what the market's sitting at. And, uh, some of those shorter books are in that three and a half. So I would, I think this has got to go down. I don't know if we'll get much lower than three and a half, but um, yeah, sitting at three and a half range, maybe maybe get down to a three with heavy juice. But uh, but I just don't. 
Oakland, the markets are really like Oakland the last three, four weeks. Really at all. I don't know that that's why I took advantage of last week when they got bet down against San Diego, but um, it, uh, I don't know why. I don't think they would you know, garner much more support here. So I know Indy's kind of a similar team, too. With, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot of respect in the marketplace, I don't think. But you know, obviously a little bit of movement here. But um, you know, like I said, three and a half just from the handicapping side of it. Uh, I think you know, Indy has kind of got a little bit of a shot in her arm after that win last week. And it wasn't really very competitive and it wasn't really draining or anything. And it could have been a lot. If they would have had a tight game there, they would have came out with a, a close win. And, I wouldn't have liked it as much in this spot, but since it came with the blowout win, uh, it just they didn't really, you know, Scott Tolzien was in there late in the game for luck and you know, stuff like that. Like, they just weren't, it looked more like they were uh, just on you know, a playground just having fun. It really didn't look like it was football to them. So I don't really see this being as a flat spot necessarily at, at all for them. And, you know, it's a must win for them to get into the playoffs. And, um Oakland kind of they already clinched a playoff berth, and yeah, Grant they are playing for a, a first round bye, so they definitely have something to play for. But it's uh, you know Oakland they uh, every week it seems like they come out kind of flat, and then they kind of get together towards the end. And again, that's what they did last week, and uh, you know if you talk about that, I think they can come back, and then you also have to worry about luck. And so you know, I'll take the points here, luck on my side when they have something to play for. And, you know, both defenses are kind of a little bit shaky, so I'll, I'll take the four points, or even three and a half, I still like it. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on the game, but uh, I tend to agree with you for the most part. I think the Colts are decently inconsistent where you're not totally sure what to expect from them, but um, obviously I think Luck's a very good quarterback, and and you know, they said they need the game really bad, so I think they're going to be trying. Uh, you know, you're going to get a really good effort from them, and yeah, they shouldn't be too tired out even though it's back-to-back road games. And, and then, yeah, the Raiders... It's it's interesting how the markets have soured on the Raiders here over the last handful of weeks. Um, I thought even at four, I might be a little low, figuring that, uh, you know, basically in, in this price range, they're saying Oakland's just a you know, tick better than, than Indy. And I thought maybe that might be a little bit even low of, of a guess. But um, so I was kind of surprised when the prevailing number is three and a half right now. When you look at Oakland's number two seed and in the AFC, and uh, and at one point was valued super highly in the market, and then you got Indianapolis, who's a 500 team and likely is going to miss the playoffs, with just a lot of holes on their team. Uh, it's kind of interesting that the line's only three and a half here when the situation isn't horrible or anything for for Oakland. Uh, it's a pretty pretty short line, but at the same time, uh, I can't really argue with it. Um, I, I would lean towards Indy as well on anything more than three here. And I uh, wouldn't be totally shocked if, you know, if, if it doesn't cash, but I also think more than more than 53% of the time it's probably going to cash for you. So that's uh, the way I'd look as well. The next game up we got is here San go. Francisco. What? Here we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, San Francisco at Los Angeles. Is this? I don't want to say the worst game of the year, but it's 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 a, it's it's a contender. Be, it's got to be up there, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a contender. Um, I in good in good conscience couldn't do anything but just put an LA at a flat three here. What'd you have? I'm surprised it's even that high, to be honest. I had my guess was LA minus one. My power rating was LA minus one and a half, and uh, the opener at LA at three, and the look at was LA minus two and a half. 
and there's some quick money on LA. I was sitting there watching the market as it was getting bet up on Sunday, and I was shocked that it was moving from three to three and a half. Now we're sitting at three and a half or four. And I mean, I don't know how high this is going to have to get before I get involved, uh, just because I don't want to be part of either of these teams. But I mean, how can you bet LA here? I just, I mean, right now they're. The quarterback's not decided, so I'm, you know, sitting at the edge of the seat until the announcement's made there so I can see who it is, but, I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, they're, maybe they're just all defense-based is what they're going off of, but, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was just by my range, I'm shocked that it was even at three um, originally, and then even more shocked at how much money is getting fed up now. I mean, the San Francisco money, I would think, has got to come in from some sharper handicappers, but, I mean, maybe not. I, I don't know. It's just it's a game I... I don't really know what to do with it. It's just, uh, I don't want to bet it, watch it really, let alone bet it. Yeah, I mean, you know the old adage, though, and you give John Fossil a week and a half to repair, you got to watch out. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure what this Rams team has shown to get any kind of support. They've basically gotten drilled four weeks in a row, and... They haven't looked impressive. Even, even on Thursday, I think we could say is they kind of were close to where they could have maybe covered. Like that's a pretty big stretch when you're talking about double-digit underdog. Yeah, and then they ended up losing 24-3. It, I don't think that's an effort you can really hang your hat on. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the flip side, obviously, San Francisco's been horrendous as well. But, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know how you could possibly lay more than three with either of these teams. Um, so... I figured, yeah, at most they just put it at a flat three and and for home field and and uh, and let it be. But I don't think the Rams have too strong of a home field right now either. I don't think the uh, LA is uh, enamored with the squad or super excited to to go and cheer for them really. And and uh, uh, whatever now, with Fisher gone, sometimes you'll get the boost from the coach being fired for the first game, but that didn't happen, and uh, or at least it didn't matter. And uh, so now the fact you're going to be laying over field goal with them just seems pretty hard to imagine. I guess the one case you could make is out of all four units on the field, the unit I'd probably trust the most is the Rams defense. Um, I guess you could make that argument. But uh, still, I'd, even if their defense plays a great game, I don't know if I trust Goff to to not make a bunch of mistakes here and there and or, you know, or, or Kaepernick could get her going somewhat. So, yeah, just yeah, come Right now, it's not even a rule that you can questionable uh, concussion protocol. So. Okay, yeah, just there's just an ESPN story 16 minutes ago that said he's expected back, but I don't know what that means or, you know, that I'm could change, obviously. More money coming either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it matters a whole lot between Goff and Keenum. I don't like or trust really either of them at the at the moment so i don't know yeah it's just kind of a mind mind blowing to me and all that being said i just i don't know if i really want to back the niners either because i they could have very easily quit on chip kelly and might go out here and get absolutely rolled so even if you're saying oh wow that's a whole point or two of value it's like well it doesn't matter if they're not trying <laughs> so i think we probably spent too much time to begin on this one but it's it's kind of a fascinating game from a unimaginably unimportant you know, unfascinating game on other levels, but um, I'm actually kind of curious to see how this one plays out as as a sick D-Gen take as that is. But anyway, let's uh, head over. we got the last afternoon game here on uh, Christmas Eve. we got Arizona at Seattle. 
Uh, I guessed Seattle minus seven and a half here. What did you have? Yeah, Seattle minus seven is my guess on my power rating. The opener was Seattle minus nine, which I'm kind of shocked by that. And the look at was Seattle minus seven and a half. And, you know, I, I just, you know, think that's too high. I put a bet on that immediately and released it. Got myself at nine, released it at eight and a half, which is the prevailing number at the time. And there wasn't a whole lot of movement or even maybe even a little bit of Seattle money uh, from a few books. And then, you know, now it's sitting at seven and a half, eight, a few eight and a halves. But uh, that a uh, little bit more, uh, you know, make, makes sense to me. So, I mean, I, I won't be surprised if it goes down closer. I mean, I think it's got to get closer to seven. Uh, seven and a half, somewhere in there. And, uh, I just think it's too many points. It's a divisional game. Arizona lost last week and kind of had a bad call there against, uh, the, the tackle on Breeze. They called rough in the passer, which ultimately ended up to their demise when they lost uh, the game. But, you know, this is, they already tied with Seattle earlier in the year. And this is probably one of their biggest rivals, I would say, um, in, in the NFL. So, and that was a division game. And, you know, they're going to be, You'd think they'd be motivated to come and beat them here. Um, and then on top of that, Seattle doesn't have a whole lot to play for. They're kind of going to be locked in. What are they going to be the, the three seed? Is it? Or the two? Yeah, right now they're um, nine, four, and one. So they're a half game up on Atlanta, half game up on Detroit, and they're pretty much out of out of it against Dallas. So no, I mean they're still. They're only a half game up on two teams for the two seed in the bye, so they still need this game a decent amount for the, to lock up a bye. Not necessarily lock it up, but to, to keep their uh, half game lead because if Atlanta or Detroit wins for that bye, so it's it's decently important for them. Okay. Um, yeah, but, all right, so, I mean, either way, but it's, uh, I think it's just too many points, uh, especially with Seattle's offense. They've had flashes of being good, but... It's not very consistent, and don't get me wrong, Arizona's got tons of problems, and their offense has kind of been up and down. Palmer's been looking older, not getting as much protection, kind of getting beat up, but you know, this is one game they come for. You talk about the Super Bowl, kind of like with Green Bay and Minnesota, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, Green Bay and Chicago last week, and, you know, and then uh, another with the Jets in New England a few weeks back. It's kind of a similar game to me, you know, matchup-wise, in a division game that you know, two people that don't really like each other at all and want to just you know come out and show them, you know, embarrass them pretty much. So I'm just, just surprised it's this high. It's, uh, like I said, I thought it'd be coming in the seven, maybe seven and a half for me, like you said, but, you know, nine, it's just, uh, unless it's all just based off teaser protection and stuff like that because they want to get uh, some Arizona money in right away because they know that Seattle will be, you know, get a lot of parlays and teasers and they just, they're getting crushed, the books will getting crushed this year, so maybe that's what they're doing and, and you know, maybe that's why the number's so high. If that's the case, all that amounts to is you're getting more value and, and they might like it even so, uh, I guess I like, I like Arizona a decent amount here. Uh, even at eight, a few eight and a halfs out there, and eight, I, I still like it at that number. Yeah, I guess, I mean, the flip side is uh, Seattle's had a couple days to prepare, or a couple extra days after playing the Thursday. Basically, you could just sleepwalk through that Rams game, so they've almost had two weeks to prepare, <laughs> if you don't count that. And then, obviously, they got a really strong home field still, and... They do need the game in order for the playoff to try to get that that buy, and you know Pete Carroll is going to want to run it up at all if possible. If Arizona is starting to pack it in now that they're officially out of the playoffs and uh, really stick it to Arians, um, that'd, that'd be the flip side. But I do agree with you that it's uh, 
just on the surface, it's a lot of points, and I don't trust Seattle's offense to score a ton either. And I also think Arizona will have that Super Bowl-like mentality if if they're. I mean, there's a scenario I think where they quit, and you're obviously pretty much screwed then. But I'd say it's much more likely that they they want to beat after they tied Seattle at home earlier in the year. They're going to come out want to come out and beat them, and they're going to be ultra motivated for that. So at that point in a division game like this, with Arizona has been not not good. They've lost four or five, but almost all those games have been pretty competitive and, and close. And uh, they still have a decent amount of talent, and it just hasn't really gone their way. So I think this is a team where I mean, even what last week uh, against Miami, they were they went off as road jock and were valued decently high in the market. So a couple weeks ago. Or? Yeah, two weeks ago. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, so. It's interesting. And then uh, yeah, the week before that, we thought that they shouldn't have been getting a full three against the Redskins. So, Fertina has been valued fairly highly here. Uh, it's kind of interesting that the market seems to have kind of dropped out on them, or is just super high on Seattle. And I don't think either one of them is is necessarily totally justified. Even though I haven't been really high on Arizona for a while, there's a perfect case of um, give me the right number and. I'll be willing to back pretty much anybody outside of maybe Cleveland or, or San Francisco. There's are total anomalies in this year, but um, you know any team that's in the middle anywhere or at the top, if you give me the right number, I'm willing to back them. And this is a case where, yeah, it seems to me like it should be at six, six and a half, seven, somewhere in that ballpark. So the fact that it's all the way up here at uh, I see eight and a half at a ton of places, it seems seems like a lot of points. So not something, you know, not that you'd ever. You know, bet your mortgage on it, but uh, that this isn't a game where I wouldn't be totally shocked if you you're out of it early and you're pretty much screwed. But I think more often than not, uh, you're probably a good bet there at eight and a half or eight. So that's uh, that's all. Those are all the games on Christmas. Oh no, no, and we got the uh, the Saturday night affair here, uh, Cincy and Houston. Uh, it seems that. like <laughs> yeah, it seems like a typical. Uh, Super unattractive early Saturday wild card round one playoff game that we've seen at least two or three times in the last handful of years. But uh, this time we got Tom Savage involved as the Houston quarterback. And uh, and the Cincinnati is eliminated from the playoff contention, so it should be a real barn burner here is what it's leading up to. Uh, hopefully you have some other plans uh, Christmas Eve night here so you're not forced to watch this one. Um, my guess on this one was Houston minus three. What did you have here?
miss his receiver and didn't see it to the defender on the other one. So it's just like really poor decision making and whatever. So I mean, I I do like the move to Savage, and it uh, looks like they're going to stick with him, which I think is the proper move. So uh, I think O'Brien's making a good call there. So it'll, it'll, like I said, it'll be interesting. But I think it's just not enough information on, on Savage yet to be back in him as a road favorite here. I mean, home favorite, uh, even though it is at home. I'd say they're probably about a normal three-point field advantage, maybe two and a half. But so they're basically saying since he's a slightly better team here, so it seems a little little off. But I, I don't know. With the spread here, I just I just want to stay away. It's, that's why I have my notes, staying away in all caps. And I think that's what I'm going to do and, and listen to myself. Another another game here where Tolson at 41. I think uh, I was going to. I do kind of like the over. Small bet on the over. Not uh, not to bet every over here that I'm uh, putting my insight in on the total, but. I think uh, even last week, since he showed some little bit of life there on their offense, uh, had some pretty decent plays against Pittsburgh. And I think the defense, Pittsburgh defense, has been getting better too. So it's slightly impressive to me. And, and now Houston's usually a dead nuts under team, but I think Savage will give him a little bit better life. Uh, he's just more of a you know, I kind of think of him as even as a more type of uh, a quarterback. I was just going to make that point. Yeah, kind of you know throws it downfield, takes some chances, and I, I like seeing that, especially if you have an over. So. Uh, good for entertainment, good for the team. Uh, it's better than sitting there, you know, running the ball, running the ball, and even also he made a mistake even when he did do that. So, uh, you know, like I said, maybe maybe take a look at the at the over here if uh, you want to bet it. Uh, I mean, how miserable of a team do you have to be, or at least your perception is, when you got a five, eight, and one eliminated from the playoffs, Cincy team, coming off what? Could have been their Super Bowl last week against the Steelers at home, in a, in a losing effort that's likely packing it in. Doesn't have a ton of skill players to begin with, and is still coached by Marvin Lewis and quarterback by Andy Dalton. And you're tied for your division lead with two weeks to go, and you're back at home now after sneaking out of what should have been a loss against a horrible team. So you should have full full focus here. And you're not even get laying a full field goal, like that's that's about as big of an indictment as you can get on a team right there. Um, obviously the unknown of Savage, but at the same time, it's like even though it's an unknown, he can't play any worse than Osweiler. <laughs> so if if you're saying that, I mean they're saying this game would have to be lined the same or more towards Cincy with Osweiler, and I think so. Even if even if he's not good, I mean, that still, that still just seems just kind of low. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've, I think I've been a little bit higher on Houston than the market has been for a while, but um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't think since he's in a situation or the team that should really be getting a whole lot of respect either. So just, just from a pure motivation standpoint, I think Houston has a, a, a huge nod there. And then you also have factor in the home field, factor in how riled up those fans are going to be with the fact that they were they were cheering, you know, incredibly loudly when Osweiler got pulled. So they're going to be all in on Savage just because it's going to be something different, regardless of if he's good or not. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. The defense might even like, I think people discount how you know human beings can um, just kind of get. Uh, disinterested or worn down after a while when you're on, say, you're, you know, and you're playing defense and your offense is just so inept week after week after week and makes mistake after mistake and you're constantly at your back against the wall. Yeah, like um, if the, yeah or the Vikings. 
defense. Um, it's just like after a while, it's just your natural instinct to just kind of let down. And uh, so if you get anything that that uh, might change that mentality, and if, if Savage comes out and makes one or two plays early, I think you're going to get a really good effort from Houston. So uh, I think anything under a field goal here is pretty cheap. Um, I like Houston quite a bit. And uh, I do. I agree with you on the over. I think Savage is a lot like Matt Moore, where they're. I mean, I don't know as much. I don't think he's as proven as Matt Moore, but I think O'Brien's going to give him the green light. And if any last week was any indication, I think he threw the ball like 36 times or something ridiculous. When um, what was that actually? Um, you know, he came in after Osweiler threw those two two picks, and he comes in and yeah, he throws it 36 times. Um, you know, he had to, they were coming back, but still, obviously, he's not, O'Brien's not super afraid to, to let him go. So I think that's great for an over. And, uh, yeah, since he's been, I wouldn't say a huge over or under team, but, um, no, I think their, uh, their defense is definitely capable of letting up here after that Steelers game last week. So, uh, I, I'd lean under. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of weather concerns in Houston like there would be in a lot of northern east coast games so um, that's not really a factor here so I I have a strong preference towards Houston and uh, somewhat of a smaller lean to uh, the over now to the Christmas Day games it's like there's two of them here first of all we got uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh I had Pittsburgh minus six is my guess here what do you have I have Pittsburgh minus four and a half. My power rating is Pittsburgh minus five and a half. The opener at the Westgate had Pittsburgh minus six, and the lucky was Pittsburgh minus six and a half. And I uh, quickly got that down. The rest of the market, you know, Westgate opened at six, but the rest of the market was sitting at four and a half. And uh, that's kind of a little bit of money you know, from the Westgate. It got bet down a little bit from everywhere else. It's uh, either sitting the same or fed up a little bit. So the market's sitting right now four and a half, five, and a few five and a halves in Vegas. So. Kind of where I'd expect it to be. Total 44. Um, maybe a little bit light, I'd say, but not, not, maybe not nothing worth a bet. But um, it's, uh, you know, this is a game. It's right where, it, right where I think it should be. And I don't really want to take Pittsburgh here the way they've been rolling in this, in this bigger point range against the point spread range against the division, big division rival like Baltimore. I just don't really trust Baltimore, though, either the, with the talent they have around and you know, just lack of themselves. So I uh, think it's pretty easy pass to, even though it'll be a pretty exciting game. I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, I, again, uh, I have a preference towards Pittsburgh. I'm kind of surprised they have got bet down a little bit, and uh, I, I just think Pittsburgh's a much better team. I haven't been impressed with Baltimore really at all for a while, but at the same time, Flacco seems to played decent late in the year and in the playoffs for whatever reason. And, and, uh, then you look at, you know, they still got Tucker and Harbaugh. I like a lot, which I think I pretty much say every week. So they got a lot of little stuff on Baltimore side that can make a difference. And, um, what should be somewhat closely contested games and, and division games like this, uh, both important, obviously for both their playoff potential. So, you should be getting maximum effort here from both teams. And uh, Tomlin, I like a decent one as a coach, but he's also been pretty shaky in a lot of situations too. So I think there's a pretty decent 
uh, coaching edge to Baltimore. And I know I lost earlier in the season when I liked the Steelers quite a bit when on Roethlisberger's return uh, against Baltimore and ended up losing in that game. So maybe you'll get a little bit of a revenge factor here for for Pittsburgh uh, trying to trying to beat the the Ravens up here pretty good if uh, if they can. But even though they they scored 24 last week, uh, just I don't know like their offense has been consistently putting up mid 20s, but it hasn't really felt like it's been been clicking like it really should. And I hate laying five six if i don't feel fully confident in their offense really even though like i think you mentioned earlier in the uh that the steelers defense has been i think been getting more and more impressive as the season's gone on so i like the steelers here but um not just i don't know not fully fully trusting enough to to lay it in this in this spot and even even uh, this would be one where you could say, okay, I'll just tease them. All I got to do is win the game. And I wouldn't totally argue with that, but I don't know. I'd, there's just something about Pittsburgh that I want to buy in, and I, I do think they have a lot of long-term potential, but I also am not fully trusting of them um, to win the game for sure. So I probably won't get involved here, but I, I like the Steelers a little bit. The uh, Sunday night game we got here on Christmas Day is Denver at Kansas City. I had Kansas City minus four. What did you have here? I had Kansas City minus three is my guess. Power rating Kansas City minus three. Opener, I was kind of surprised, was Kansas City minus six. Uh, same as same as the opener at Pittsburgh. And the luck I was Kansas City minus four. Um, I don't know what the deal is with the Westgate. They're kind of just tired of teasers and all that stuff, maybe. Uh, or not teasers, but the... I don't know, just going against the rest of the market. But <laughs> in the last game, they're at six. The rest of the market was at four and a half. If I made a note, I remember that when I do my, my work. And uh, same, same thing here. They're at six with Kansas City, and the rest of the market was even at four, four and a half. They probably just wanted to take some Denver or, you know, some Baltimore money and kind of lopside themselves a little bit early on the more unattractive underdog so they can try to balance out their action later, even though they're going to be giving up potential chance to get middle at five or you know or six one way um at least then they'll have a little bit of money built up to maybe offset the flood of Steelers or chiefs money they're going to get later on would be my guess yeah that's most likely what the case is um they're not uh idiots or anything along those lines i wouldn't think or not not, no. not too much usually so uh, but, no, yeah. especially the West. Yeah, I think those guys are pretty sharp and do a pretty good job. Yeah, so, but right now they're sitting three and a half at Westgate and, and four, three and a half at the rest of the market. So, it, uh, I don't know. I'm, just for my numbers, your number, you know, not, I'm not surprised there where it's sitting. And uh, I I don't know if it's going to – I'm not really sure if this number, where this number is going to go from here. Uh, I think this kind of be a game where it's going to be a sharp square divide and all the sharps are going to be on Denver and, and the, the public. Square betters are going to be at Kansas City, and uh, I obviously a little worse with number, but I still lean Denver here at three and a half, four. Um, it's just tough with that offense; it's just so bad. And uh, I mean, I guess a lot of that's through the running game. A lot of people say that, just uh, but maybe even if you watch the game, they just they don't have a running game, and then Simeon's not the type of guy like Rent Rogers or Roethlisberger where he can get his team up when uh, they can't run the ball, so they need to have a balanced attack and. They haven't been able to do that in recent weeks, so uh, but you know this is a game that's a must-win, and they need it in order to make the playoffs, pretty much. And 
I, I think that's what the case is, and then uh, you know, for sure, and then so you know, getting getting four points with a really good defense like that, and Kansas City, you know, they're gonna have a little bit of chip on their shoulder after losing outright last week. So not uh, not a game I love by any means, but uh, I had about the game against the Denver pass. Yeah, I'd agree with you know the public's gonna be all over Kansas City, and um, it'll be interesting to see how much sharp support there is for Denver because. Um, I know last week uh, there was a little bit of sharp support there for Denver against New England, and uh, yeah, I put up three points and didn't cover, obviously. And uh, I don't know, it's just uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they get much sharp support this week when their offense is just so just bad in general. Uh, like you said, with without the running game there and Simeon not being able to carry a squad, it's it doesn't seem like there's anything too fluky about them not being able to put up any points. Um, you know, three and ten the last couple of weeks here. Um, I don't know if I fully trust them to go into Kansas City and put up a whole lot of points either, but they said they'll be ultra-motivated in what's a must-win game here, division game. And I don't know if I don't I – don't, I mean, I know I don't trust Andy Reid and, and Alex Smith necessarily either. Um, so – to, to win by a margin like we've talked about week in and week out with Kansas City even though it's only three and a half four now still um, it's just not really something I want to do and I don't really have a, a whole lot of opinion yeah, if I guess if I had to pick the game I'd probably lean Denver and just hope the defense comes out and plays uh, ultra motivated and, and shuts down Kansas City or creates a turnover or two but uh, I don't know yeah it's just just a tough game altogether, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I said I think the most interesting thing for me will be once the public starts hammering Kansas City to uh, see how much Denver buyback there is as it gets closer to game time. But other than that, uh, big game, and I'm likely staying away from them. Interesting how low that total is at 37 and a half, 38. You don't see a whole lot of NFL totals. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you don't see a whole lot of totals that low, but at the same time. It's that low for a reason, obviously, and um, I don't think I don't have much of an opinion either way on it. But just thought that was noteworthy there, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, lastly, we got uh, the Monday Nighter, Detroit at Dallas. Dallas, I don't I don't know how many games that is in their own prime time, but uh, there's going to be a lot of the public's going to be really familiar with Dallas. Not only are they normally a a public team, but when they see them every single week on primetime, you're going to get a lot of strong opinions from a lot of uh, not-too-sharp betters here heading into the playoffs and in the last couple weeks. But uh, I had Dallas minus six is my guess in this one. What did you have? Hey, you must look at my sheet. I had Dallas minus six as well. My power rating was actually Dallas minus four. And my opener was Dallas minus seven and a half at the Westgate uh, before the Sunday night game. And then the lookout was Dallas minus seven. And... Market pretty much sitting right now. Seven with juice towards Dallas is uh, the prevailing number, and seven minus 15, minus 120. You see a few flat sevens there, but I guess those are all Vegas too. So um, I heard, uh, I, I I liked Detroit a lot last week, and I'm probably be doubling down here again. The one thing that worried me was Stafford's finger, and he looked almost better than normal. I don't want to say that, but he, I don't, I didn't see him miss a whole lot of throws at all. And I was watching, well, I guess I watched every minute of that game a little bit main games I was watching uh, on the TV. I had stagnant the, the whole time I was watching uh, football on Sunday, so I had a lot of money on that game and it didn't work out, but I think uh, I don't know, it, it, 
Yeah, it's obviously a, a big public team, and I would have liked to see Tampa Bay really not been as much as competitive as they were. Uh, obviously, they covered, and Dallas didn't cover, and another outright win, but which continues the streak for Dallas where they win but don't cover. I think that's, what, three or four straight weeks, something like that? Yeah, uh, they lost to the Giants straight up two weeks ago, but oh, they haven't yeah, covered yeah. four straight. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I forgot to do great. But then they also had the Washington and Minnesota the two weeks before that. So, yep. um, uh, but then the one did cover. But so then, and then that's going to slow down naturally. It's going to slow down the public uh, on a big team like Dallas when they when they don't cover like that because they're going to you know, not make the money, you know, cash their tickets. So that's going to slow down a little bit. But at the same time, um, you know, you're still going to see a little bit of inflated number here. I think Detroit's. A, Pretty solid team. Their, their defense is improving, or not not necessarily even improving, but I think they've been almost underrated all year. And uh, obviously, have <laughs> the way that the Detroit's been playing, I think that was the biggest loss they had that margin last week. And, and then, like I said earlier in the podcast, they fumbled going into the end zone, um, like the one yard line, just from a fluky helmet fumble that they didn't recover. And then they had another fumble that the Giants. Uh, uh, one of the it was opposite situation where the Giants had it on the one yard line going into the end zone, they fumble and they happen to recover that. So I mean that's just luck, and uh, it, it did end up getting called back because it was a penalty in the line of scrimmage. But they were over two and uh, you know, open fumbles like that, and that's just you know from what I've heard from most people I trust, it's just pretty much just a 50-50 proposition that it's not really uh, too predictive of what's going to happen. So. That should uh, eventually be 50-50, and it didn't really work out. So, I mean, that's not a small sample size and not a big deal. But, you know, that's they very easily could have made that within a touchdown uh, type of game, but they, but they didn't. So, uh, I, I, I like Detroit here quite a bit. I'm just, I want to bet them right away, but it seems like the markets, the indicators look like it might be going to 7.5. So, obviously, if I could get that 7.5 on the hook, I'm going to be taking that all day. Uh, but even at 7, I, I do like it a, a lot. So, um I think hopefully at some point here I'll get to seven and a half, and I can uh, I'll jump on it then. But if not, I'll, I'll I'll take it at seven with a, a little bit of reduced juice. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I, I was surprisingly, I heard from a couple different people that um, last week in that Tampa Dallas Sunday night game that the public was actually on Tampa Bay, which kind of surprised me, um, especially with Dallas being as public of a team as they are. So the fact that uh, the public a lot of the public cashed with Tampa Bay against Dallas, but just barely. Um, I'll be curious to see if they'll be more inclined to fade Dallas again, or if they'll say, oh, wow, I kind of got lucky there. And um, I'm, even though Dallas hasn't covered three of the last four or, or four of the last four weeks, they've won those get three out of the last four, even though they didn't cover. And uh, I think I kind of fortunate there. So I think I'm going to jump on Dallas against a, in their eyes, weaker Detroit team. And so I'll be curious to see um, where the public weighs in on this one. And if it does get above seven, I mean, even at seven, I agree with you. I like Detroit. And above seven, I really like Detroit. Um, I think Detroit, I mean, they basically they just got held in check by the uh, the Giants defense, and just like Dallas did the week before. So um, I think it's one of those things where you just kind of got to tip your cap and you lose the bet, and like you said, the most crucial thing there going forward is the the health of, of Stafford, and the fact that he looked fine does give me a whole lot of hesitation to jump on the Lions again because I think their defense will be able to keep it fairly respectable, and I'm guessing their offense will be able to put up a little bit more points because Dallas, if anything, I think has been a little bit more vulnerable through the air, uh, giving up points, even though they've 
only lost one or two games here now, both with the Giants. But um, I think you can you can attack them at least a little bit, and I think that's Detroit's strength. Obviously, <laughs> not saying too much is is throwing the ball. So if they can put up their fair share of points, uh, I think they should be able to keep it within a touchdown here. Uh, from a motivation standpoint, you know the Lions will be fully motivated that now that the Packers are only one game back. Uh, if, if the Packers somehow lose to the, the Vikes this week and Detroit wins this game, then uh, they'd lock up the North. So, you know, they're going to be going full bore. And, and Dallas, on the other hand, um, is pretty much, or no, I, I think they've already locked up the number one seed. Or no, they just clinched a playoff berth. I guess the, the Giants are technically still only two games back. But, um, so, I mean, they'll, they'll still be motivated to, to win the game and put the division out of reach, but I think Detroit will be a little bit more back against the wall motivated. So, um, yeah, I just think that it's a little little bit too high, and um, I think it should be a pretty fun game to watch for the most part. So uh, I'll probably end up having Detroit in my pocket by the end of the week and be a pretty fun game to watch. So that concludes uh, all the Week 16 games here. I think we had a decent amount of opinions on uh, this week as opposed to last week where there's just a lot of really ugly lopsided games. There's a little bit more meat on the bone here this week, I think. Uh, now let's head on over and do a little Concept Corner. Now, clear your head as we back into Concept Corner. All right, so for the Concept Corner this week, we just want to talk a little bit about uh, just, uh, you know, quote-unquote sharps and, and squares. And uh, you know, there's a lot of – ran into a decent amount of people – recently that think that your main goal is just to get on the the sharp side or you know and a lot of times people don't even really know what necessarily what that means but they just think that the sharp side is what's going to make the money basically just by betting whatever side is sharp blindly and a lot of people i know uh, like even cowherd on his podcast when he brings rj onto his blazing five he counts his record for the week before the games are even played just based on what if you what sharp side or how much agreement he gets from the sharps, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, obviously you'd rather be on a sharper side and you don't want to be backing the super public sides because you're usually paying an inflated price for it. But if it, it's just, uh, just by getting on the quote unquote sharp side or betting against the public side, you're not going to make money blindly by doing that. Cause for the most part, it's not that hard to identify. Um, if pretty much every game you go up and on the board here and say, you know, this side's public or this side's sharp or, you know, whatever for just about every game. And, uh, and not only that, you can just, you, by having, uh, money and line tracking software, uh, you know, like I think you use Sports Insights, right, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's sports options and, and a couple other ones, Don's Best, and there's odd tracking programs that'll give you live updated odds that aren't super cheap, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have them and, um, when you can see, uh, trail, the trails of money and, and where certain moves are coming in and at what books and whatnot, it's really not too difficult to figure out which sides are, um, being bet by sharper money and which sides are being bet by the public. And, and also the concept of sharp money. Um, a lot of times there's not like, you know, a big group of people that all get together at a bunch of sharps. There's, a lot of different varying opinions between sharp people that uh, can all can all be winning betters. So sometimes you just see sharp groups 
moving to number one way and then another sharp group coming back and, and betting it the other way. So there you could be, um, if, if say it's, there was a sharp group that jumped on a team minus two and a half and bought it up and then they're mi- minus three and then you say, oh wow, there's some sharp money on that team minus two and a half and you end up taking them at minus three. Well, then another sharp group comes and takes the plus three on the other team and it drives it back down to minus two and a half. So one group has the plus three and the other group has the minus two and a half and you're sitting there with the, the favorite minus three. You didn't make a sharp bet on that game, especially when the, the market's probably back down to two and a half. So there's a perfect example of how just blindly chasing steam and following, you know, quote unquote sharp betters isn't necessarily going to turn you a profit long term and uh and then in the inverse with just blindly betting against the public you can basically the that's the easiest thing to do is to look and see what teams the public are going to be over because you just look at what teams have looked good recently in prime time and which teams are the best team in the league and they're almost always going to be the ones that are getting bet pretty heavy from the public so, you got anything to uh, chime in on the yeah, topic, Rob? Yeah, an example that Sharp, you know, when the Sharp bought at two and a half, that's exactly what happened with that Oakland-San Diego game last week, and a lot of people had San Diego plus three, and, uh, you know, that one, and, I mean, that pushed, push. me, that pushed, excuse me, and then it dropped it down to two and a half, or two in my case, and, you know, obviously that one, so, so you know, and sometimes it'll be even a bigger move where it'll go from two and a half to three and a half, and you can get it on each end, both teams, both sides will win, but, yeah, so it's just, uh, Something everyone simply follow, and a lot of the times when you when it's pretty apparent which side the sharp is. I mean, we can kind of figure out just because we have so much experience and kind of read the markets and stuff. But if you just look at it, it's a lot easier later in the week or whatever. You can see, but you know, you'll figure out what side the square the sharp, but the simply for the sharp, sharp betters, you know, the lines are going to be adjusted for it. So, like in your example, it's it's not a sharp bet anymore if you already are a point or two behind what the what the market is. So or what the, what the market was at when they bet that. So it's a uh, you know, really good you know, distinction you need to make and not something you should try to, something you should basically you know, key in a little bit to, to add to your analysis if you'd like, but don't solely bet the game based off of that information. Yeah, and it, it can really be beneficial if you take that information into account before the moves happen, obviously. If you can look at a market early in the week and think, Okay, I'm I'm thinking the market's going to move this direction based on sharp money, or later in the week based on public money. Then you can actually use that to your benefit by figuring out which sides are which, because you can have a good understanding of where the line's going to move, and that's the most important part of you know, figuring out which side to sharp or squares to figure out which way the line's going to move, and then figure out if you're going to optimize your uh, return by betting it early in the week or later in the week or midweek or what have you. And that's, uh, figuring out when you can, obviously it's impossible to figure out every single time, but if you can get good at projecting it more often than not, uh, that's going to be the biggest help to your overall profitability, no matter whether you're a just completely casual average better that is, you know, not a great handicapper or whether you're a sharp professional handicapper betting a ton of money, that's getting the, the best number by being able to project lines is uh, probably your best tool to increase your profitability the most. So anyway, that's just uh, a little discussion about that there. So let's finish up the podcast like we always do with the Pick of the Week segment. The AS Pick of the Week. All right. So I uh, last week I 
For my pick of the week, I teased down the Packers against the Bears, down to a, a pick or a half point there, and ended up winning by three. So didn't cover straight up, but covered my that half of the teaser. And then I had the Cowboys tease them down to one. So they won by six, and they covered their part of the teaser. So it's another winner for your boy. Gets me to 9-3-1 and one on the season. I think that's like seven in a row now, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. But, uh, no, and uh looks like you had the over in the Vikings game, which was uh, was right there. Could have easily got there, ending at 40, but uh, yeah, the Vikings were only muster six. And they over in that game pretty lightly. And then they over in that Pittsburgh game, both at, both, both at 44, so I got them at Pittsburgh. Granted, the Pittsburgh game closed at 46, somewhere in there, but. Pickford game ended at 44, and then the Vikings didn't get over, so I ended up pushing and losing. It's just like between those two games, I don't know how. Very least one of them didn't get over, specifically that Pittsburgh game, but yeah, it's pretty frustrating. But what are you going to do? Yeah. So that uh, dropped you to 7 and 6, so you're still, you know, still have a winning record on the season, but uh, definitely need to finish strong here to, to get that up. Um, so I keep T box, and. Wasn't totally sure where I was gonna go with with this week, but I think uh, I mean it'd be pretty tempting not to tease Green Bay back down again, but I don't know if I'm gonna keep going back to that well. Um, yeah, like Miami there we talked about. I I've actually uh, I already bet them, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm gonna go with Tom Savage. Yeah, <laughs> betting uh, minus a point and a half on the Houston Texans. Um, that's where I'm going to go with my pick of the week this week. I think, uh, one and a half is a fair number, right? Yeah. So what, uh, what, what direction are you looking here? Well, I didn't pull the trigger last week on it, so I think I, maybe it was a, a good little blessing in disguise. So I'll do it this week and fire on Detroit at the seven. Uh, you should get, uh, get a little bit less juice there, but what are you going to do? Is I'll take the seven. And, uh, I already broke down that game and why I like that, so. I'll take uh, yeah, Detroit uh, plus a seven. All right, so we got a primetime Christmas Eve game for me, and and then the Monday night prime timer for you. So give uh, give anybody who's tailing us plenty of primetime action here on the holiday weekend. So anyway, well, it uh, it'll be good to see you here tomorrow, Rob, and uh, should be a fun Christmas. Christmas season here, and uh, thanks for picking up the old Christmas tree, even though it's a little late. He said, "Better late than never," and uh, it should be a good time and good uh, good luck here in week 16, and and we'll convene and next week to do probably an abbreviated pod. I could imagine based on there's going to be a lot of meaningless games that are going to be tough to handicap, but we'll still get together and do week 17, break down uh, what happened this week, and. And then uh, see if there's anything we can attack next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.